I'm going to talk to you today about 2020 vision. 2020 vision. For those who don't know what that means, that means you see well. 2020 vision. And God wants you and I to see well when it comes to your future and to who you are. Because how well we see ourselves would determine how much power will be used that is on the inside of us. How you see yourself. None of us see ourselves the way that God wants us to see ourselves. To a degree, yes, but not to the extent that God wants us to see. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 says this To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You think, filled with all the fullness of God? How? Is that even possible to be filled with the fullness of God? Well, to be filled with the fullness of God, you are whether you believe that or not, by the way. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the fullness of God is in you. But this is the problem, the first part, to know the love of Christ. To know how much God loves you. You want to hear the super revelation of the day. This is it. Plain and simple. God loves you. Most Christians go, yada, 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 yada. I've heard that. And that's the problem. You've heard it, but you don't know it. Because if you knew how much God loved you, your life would be changed. To the degree that the fullness that is already in you would start being manifested outside of you. And that is the key. 1 John 4, 17 says, love has been perfected among us. Has been means it's past tense, it's already happened. Most of us go, well, I missed that one. No, if when you got born again, love got completed and perfected on the inside of you because God is love. He doesn't contain love. He is love. And love came and in, lived and dwelled inside you and me. And then the rest of that verse is just, it's just, it's like, really? It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, who's the he? Jesus, God. As he is, so are we in this world. So if you're in Pueblo, there's some people out of town, Colorado Springs, wherever you live, that's what he says, as he is, so are we. What, what does that mean? As he is, so are we. You are just like Christ. I know a lot of religious people say, that's blasphemy. That's why he came, to make us like him. So you miss the whole Christmas celebration and death and burial, Easter celebration. You miss that if you don't get that kind of revelation. He came to lift us up out of our humanity and place us in his divinity to seat us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus to be like him. Most of us just can't grab a hold of that. As he is, so are we. No, you're not God. Don't want anybody to get flaky on me. You're not God. 
But you are like Jesus when he walked. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he gave you the example of how to walk. That's how you and I are supposed to live our life. As he is, so are we. Literally, he took you. When you got born again, you are a spirit. That spirit he took out, crucified it on the cross, and he poured in a new spirit along with God himself got poured into this body, got poured into you, got poured into you. God got poured into us. So you are literally a container of God. So everywhere you go, God is going. And most people think this, well, you know, if I sin, he leaves. No, he does not. Everybody's heart still beating? Because that's the way I was raised. You know, sin, you know, God builds a wall up or he no longer accepts you. Well, you know, if that's the case, we're, none of us are ever going to be accepted. Ever be accepted. Just let that sink in a minute. Because the Bible says, if you know to do right and you don't do it, that's sin. That probably happened this morning. I'm just meddling, but I have a feeling it could have. So people sin all the time. So how, how does God put this together? He didn't put his covenant together. He didn't do things based upon you or me. He did it based upon Jesus. And so everything that he has promised us, everything that he has done for us, and your future being in the brightness and the glory of God is not dependent upon you. It's dependent upon what you believe that God has done for you on the inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ephesians 3.20 connects this all together by saying now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us so that tells me if we're praying for God to do something in 2018 God I need more power I need you to do this I need you to do that. God 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 you know you're praying the wrong thing this says that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is where? So you just need to meditate in 2018 that I'm full of the power of God. I'm lacking nothing. I lack nothing. I said I lack nothing. I lack nothing. You need to make that your confession. You need to make that your words that continually come out of your mouth. I lack nothing. I lack absolutely nothing. I don't lack for health. I don't lack for wealth. I don't lack for good relations. I do not. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't have a want because Jesus met every want. How to, am I going to, God's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. You have to start seeing things differently on the inside of you. You know, they say this, if you can see it on the inside of you, it can be done. But if you can't see it, it can't be done. You have to see some things on the inside of you. And that's what God wants you and I for 2018, to see something bigger and greater than you've ever done in your life. You may think, well, I, that's, I'm 
retired, I'm older in my age, I just really, you know, I just don't, I don't want to go there. Then fine, just hook up with the church. Hook up with the church and, and be part of the great things that God wants to do through the body of Christ. Are you hearing me? Part of that is, and this is, a, sometimes we think, well, you know, that's really insignificant. You know, being an usher, greeting, just doing this, you know, or just praying for the church, giving money to the church. It's just so insignificant. It's not so insignificant until the electric company turns the power off, and then it becomes a pretty good thing. I'm saying it's the little things that sometimes that we overlook. God wants you to see greatness inside of you because how we see ourselves will determine how much power will be used on the inside of us. You're probably familiar with Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh, so is he. That scripture doesn't mean that what you think is the real you, though. It just means that's how you perceive yourself to be. Did you get that? Because there, you, when you got born again, the, the old man, Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not I that liveth. It is Christ in me. So Christ is living on the inside of you and me. He has joined himself with the new man. And so you have become one with him. And so if you don't understand who you are, however you think you are, is what you're going to live out. I'm going to say that again. However you think you are, that's what's going to be lived out of your life. If you think you're poor, if you think you don't measure up, if you don't think, well, I'm just, you know, below average. If I was born on the wrong side of the tracks or whatever, you know, which I never got that anyway. What does that mean, born on the wrong side of the tracks? I have no clue what that means. But anyway, people just embrace all of those negative things, and guess what? They live that way. And then guess what? They blame God because of that. It is not God's fault. You just don't have the hope that he's put on the inside of you. Hope is seeing something that can't be seen. And man has taken hope to be a negative thing. Well, uh, you know, I just hope I get a good job. You really don't believe that. You're just, the God kind of hope is, I expect this to happen. I expect this to happen. You can never be happy if you're just focusing on your physical life that you can see. People want, oh, what's the secret of happiness? Well, I'm going to tell you what it is. Don't focus on just what you can see. If you are focusing on just what you can see, you will never be happy. You got to start focusing on what you cannot see. What? Yeah, you got to focus on what you cannot see. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen. He sits there and tells you, don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The New Living Testament says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. I like that because that's what all people do. We look at the troubles we can see now and God says, don't look at the troubles that you can see now. We base our happiness, we base our decisions, we base our life on all the troubles we can see now. But he says, rather fix your gaze on the things which you cannot see. 
What are things that you cannot see? It's the Word of God. If you can fix and focus on things that are written in God's Word, if you can do that, then it will cause imagination to just rise up on the inside of you and me. God wants to do great things for Pueblo, Colorado. He does. I know people all around our state that thinks that, you know, you live in Pueblo. If I had holy water, I'd throw some on you. But I mean, I don't. Are you going to let people determine what our city is all about? Or are you going to do something about it? You have to believe. That's where at first, you have to get a picture on the inside of you. You have to see it. You know, I started, you know, I, I've been telling people I'm believing for a new building in 2018 and uh, I'll just confess there's been if you've been in our church for 10 years I've stood up in this time of the year and I said you know we're believing this and believing that and it didn't happen and I know people you know go like uh. I'll say this it's my fault not God's anytime something doesn't come to pass God gets zero blame because his word does not fail, period. I don't care if it's a pastor. I don't care if it's, I don't care. I don't care. It's just the word doesn't fail. But I do know this. I'm not going to stop thinking big. I'm not going to stop throwing vision out. I am not going to stop. I'm just going to, this is where I feel like I've missed it. This is where you miss it too, so don't point any fingers. <laughs> this is what we do. We believe God for something. Let's just take something fairly simple. 1 Peter 2.24 says, By his stripes you were healed. A sickness comes on your body, and you grab a hold of that scripture. By his stripes I was healed. I was healed. Jesus paid for my healing 2,000 years ago. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed. And 30 minutes later, instead of 100 degree temperature you have 105 and so you think and then you say oh it didn't work we put a time limit on on the word we put a time limit on your faith and that's where we miss it we are a microwave uh drive-through mentality i don't even have to get out of my car to get me something to eat they will pull it up and then but then we get upset if it oh can you pull forward it's just going to take all right (laughs) we are so spoiled i mean it's microwave i mean like you know we got to get a new microwave you know the last you know the one we had would heat your coffee in a minute and 30 seconds this one takes two and a half We just bring, but then you know what the problem is? We bring that kind of mentality into the spiritual realm when we're believing God. Well, Pastor, I stood on that scripture for, it must have been for 15 minutes and nothing happened. You don't even take pain medication. You don't take a pain pill and swallow it and go, nah, didn't work. Nobody even does that. But when it comes to the word of God, nah, nah, didn't work. You have to change our mentality 
And let me just say this. It's easy for the things that are inside of you to get clouded, to get, uh, you don't see clearly. And part of that is the busyness of our world in your life. You get so busy, you get so carried away uh, uh, that you don't see what God wants you to see. It's in you, but you can't see it. It's kind of like putting a veil over it, you know, because maybe you, you, you know, I, I, the greatest thing that we did is we put our TV from the living room down in the basement. That's the greatest thing we did about 10 years ago. What happened is this, you know, I'd be, you know, busy at the office and I'd go home, I'd prop in my chair, hit the lever, boom, flop my feet up and go click. And this is what I, I wouldn't say this, but this is what would happen. You be my imagination. You entertain me, you be my imagination. And I would do that and do that and do that. And things started getting cloudy down here. I didn't see clearly. Ladies, don't go home and tell your husband that, you know, we're throwing the TV away. No, that's not. I still have a TV. Nothing wrong with the TV. But listen to me. I don't, when that thing got put down there, I come home now and I don't do that anymore. You have to go all the way downstairs. So I don't do that anymore. But that helped me. That helped me. I'm not saying that you, you know, don't watch TV. But honey, if you're watching four or five hours of TV today, a, a day, four or five times a week, and, and you spend five minutes in this word, it's going to be cloudy. I'm just saying. Don't get guilty. Don't get convicted. Don't go home and throw your TV away. Give it to me. I'll sell it. But anyway, my point is this. I'm kidding. A little. But anyway, uh, this is what you need. Just don't get legalistic on me. People get legalistic in church. It's just a shame, you know. You know, and then you have these people like, I don't own a TV. I said, oh, good. I do. 55-inch high depth, man. Love it. You ain't going to make me feel guilty for what I do. Don't let anybody make you feel guilty or condemn. God. God, your heavenly father doesn't even make you feel guilty or condemned. Why are you letting people make you feel guilty or condemned? Come on. Come on. I'm not going to let anybody make me feel guilty or condemned. You know? Oh, you watched that show? Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) People used to try, you know, I watch Star Wars. They go, well, you know there's some spiritual stuff in it. I go, yeah, the good guys win. Can't wait till the next one came. I've already went to the theater and saw the new one, so don't try to make me feel condemned. <laughs> Love that. People get all spooky spiritual. You know, I just don't watch stuff like that. Oh, really? You know, that's okay. If you don't like it, that's fine. You know, my wife, she likes other stuff. She doesn't like that stuff, but she likes other stuff. She doesn't make me feel guilty, and I don't make her feel guilty. So you ain't got a chance to make me feel guilty. And this is the thing, you shouldn't let people make you feel guilty. I didn't give him this scripture, but John 3, 17, everybody knows John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. But then John 3, 17 says, he came not to condemn the world. He came not to condemn it. Jesus came not to condemn. But you see people, church people, 
church people. They be condemning everybody. They be condemning everybody. Can I just say real bluntly? I don't know why I ask because I'm going to say it anyway. But this is the point. If you're condemning people, you are on the devil's side. Because God says, I came not to condemn people. So if you're condemning people, you just jumped in bed with a devil. If you're new to this church, this is how we preach. <laughs> My point is, if you don't like this, you probably won't like any of the messages that are preached here. I say things like that. It's just remarkable how many flaky people never stay around. <laughs> and that's why we say it. Didn't we read 2 Corinthians 4.18? Romans 8.23. Romans 8.23 through 25 says, Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption of the redemption of our body. Verse 24, for we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Did you get that? If you're hoping for something and then you see it, you no longer have to have hope for it. But he says, for while, why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. In other words, he's saying, you need to have hope. Everybody needs to have hope on the inside of them. And it's not hope like, well, I'm just hoping. No, it's a hope that I can have an imagination with that I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Hope is seen with your imagination. You cannot see it with your natural eyes. And a lot of times we're, we're hoping for something, and, but if it doesn't manifest in a certain amount of period of time, we give up on it. We take that hope, we take that imagination, and we just take it off the shelf. Don't put a time limit on God. Don't put a time limit on, and let me just say this. It's really not God who's withholding or holding it back. It's you and me. It's you and me. It's all about you and me. And so the more you get that picture painted inside of you that you can see it, like the new building, I told God, I said, well, I felt like God told me. He says, okay, what, what do you see? I just said, I see a new building. No, what do you see? So I started getting a picture of the sanctuary. So I saw you walk into this big foyer. I like big foyers. You know, stuff in it to where people can just gather. And, you know, I, I don't like it when, you know, and if you do this, it's fine. I still love you. But I don't like it when everybody goes, if I say amen, everybody goes, doom, 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 doom. I like it when people just congregate, hang around. You know, we have coffee and donuts in there. We don't do that just to put pounds on you. We just, <laughs> we do that so you can fellowship. Because I love you if you're skinny, fat, tall, whatever. I'm going to love you no matter what. That's the way God, he's going to love you if you gain 10 pounds or lose 10 pounds. But anyway, my point is this. No condemnation to them who eat donuts. But anyway, my point is this. <laughs> what was my point my point was this you got you got this uh you got this foyer and then there's these big double doors probably wooden doors and you walk through that and then you walk in and right in front there's a big flat 
uh, part for the chairs to be on flat. But on the sides, there's like wings that are kind of built up a little bit. You know, so if you sit in the back, you can still look out and see, you know, it's built up in it. And there's probably several wings with the door goes on them, with the stage up there. And I go, I see that, Lord. I see it. If you can't see something, then it won't happen. If you see yourself, you know what the biggest problem with people who have an illness for years? It's not that uh, they can't receive healing, but they just can't see themselves healed of this infliction they've had for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It's hard for them mentally to get past that because it's been a part of their life for so long. So what do you need to fix that? Change your picture. You know, if you've got a bad back, yeah, I got a bad back. Oh, when did you hurt that? Back in 1977. I've had a bad back. So this is what we do. If we bend over something or do something, you go, oh, oh, what's wrong? My bad back. (laughs) What we're doing, the word that I was telling you, did you know your words are powerful? They're like seeds. And I, I got a picture of this. When I speak, every time I speak, seeds are getting spit out of my mouth. Every time I speak, a seed's getting, but this is a problem with seeds. They get planted. And when something gets planted, it bears fruit. And every time somebody says, my bad back, it gets planted and it's manifested. Yeah, my bad back. Words are powerful. We're going to be talking about, I've got a whole series on on words. We'll we'll do that in 2018. But this is the thing I want you to get now before that series, and that is this. If you spit out the word of God, if you spit the word of God out, by his stripes, I've been redeemed from bad backs. You're spitting a seed out. Now, I don't know how long it takes. Somebody says, if I plant an apple tree, how long would it take to bear fruit? I don't know. But I do know one thing. You ain't going to have any apples if you don't plant. Most people are wanting apples. Oh, yeah, I'm going I'm to get some apples out of my backyard. Oh, really? What kind of apple trees you got? None. I'm going to get real spiritual on you. You ain't going to have any. Unless a box of kratom falls out of a... 727 flying over you. You're not going to have any apples in your backyard. You got to plant them. If you want to have healing working and manifesting in your life, you start planting the seed that God has already given you. You plant it in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth. And every time you speak it, it's planting. You've been planting all kinds of negative stuff for 20, 30 years. I can never get a good job. Nothing ever works out for me. You've been planting that. Guess what? It's been happening. Seeds plant. I mean, you you cannot plant a green bean and hope it comes up as okra. That's called flaky, buddy. It just ain't going to happen. I don't care how many times you pray over it. You know, I'm just believing. I'm believing it's going to be okra. I'm believing it's going to be okra. Yeah, in the spring, we're going to see green beans. It's the same way with your words. 
You can't claim the word of God for 30 seconds in church. And then six days of the week go, yeah, nothing ain't in this life is nothing but a beep. I mean, and then go, oh yeah, let's see. Yeah, my life is blessed. I don't think so. Everybody wants to get real holy on Sunday morning. But what you don't realize, you're holy on Monday morning. You're holy on Tuesday. You're holy on Wednesday. You're holy on Thursday. You're holy on Friday. You're holy on Saturday. It's just how you see and perceive yourself to be. And that's the seeds are going to come out of your mouth. But if you perceive yourself as holy, holy seeds will be constantly coming out of your mouth. The word of God will come out of your mouth and you will see the manifested blessing that God intended for you to have. Amen. Amen. Imagination, it's a powerful thing. We have to believe more than what your natural eyes are always seeing. Because you never just, if, all you, if your life is based upon just what you see in the natural, you'll never be happy. Amen. You will never be happy. I mean, everybody gets old. Wrinkles. You do. And if you think, your 22-year-old is going to look like that when she's 82. Do I even need to go there? You hear that joke? It's got to be, he, he was 40 years old, and he told his wife, he says, man, you know, I think I ought to just trade you in for two 20s. She, he said, you know, you were just one little hot mama when you were 20, and now you're getting older and this and that, you know, and everything. She says, you're absolutely right. You ought to do that. But she says, you can just rest assured. You remember that little 10-inch black and white TV that we had, and we propped it on a crate and with no lawn chairs as furniture because they lived in a big mansion, drove, you know, two nice cars in the drive. She said, but, you know, if you want to get two 20s, I'm getting all of that stuff, and you're going to go back to a 10-inch TV with lawn chairs and all of that. So he looked at her and says, you are a woman that is so wise. <laughs> okay, it was funny when I heard it, but anyway. That has absolutely nothing probably to do with this message. It just, whew. Genesis 11:6. Let me close with this. This is when God, everybody on the planet just had one language. One language. And they were going to build a city and a tower. But God told them to spread out, replenish the earth. So they were in rebellion to God. Okay, does everybody get the picture? They are in rebellion to God. So God comes down. Verse 6, and he says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they've imagined to do. These people were rebellion against God, and God himself says, Listen to me now. This is God himself saying, Nothing will be restrained from them. Did, did you hear that? Nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. If that is true for them, it is true for you and me. The problem is we don't believe our imagination or we don't 
meditated upon it to the degree that where we really believe it. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Whatever I set my hand to prospers. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, God has given me power to get wealth, to establish his covenant on this planet. God wants finances to come through you, but you know what? You've been spitting seeds for 20 years. Yeah, you know, I'm just believing for 15 bucks an hour. Wow. Don't stretch yourself. Don't hurt yourself. The Lord showed me this because I said, Lord, whatever I set my hand to shall prosper. And the Lord said, that's really old covenant. I went, what? He says, when I poured myself inside of you, now when you touch something, it ain't you touching it, it's me. Wow! That sounds a lot better than Mike, whatever he puts his hand to prospers. Now it's when God puts his hand on something, it is going to happen. But do you believe that? Do you imagine that? Do you see it and do you talk it? That's what you got to believe. Woo! Well... I just want all of us to know. In Colossians 1.27, it says, To them which God will will to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. You have to see, do you see Christ in you? Or do you just see your failures? Do you see your troubles? You just see your troubles? Because it's hard to see your troubles and be focused on Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ can, there is nothing too difficult with God. We all know that. But that God, the one that you just said, nothing is too difficult, is the one who's living on the inside of you. He is on the inside of you. He wants you to see differently in 2018 that you saw in 2017. Maybe some of you saw pretty good in 2017. I can tell you it wasn't big enough. I was with a bunch of preachers this past year, and uh, after the meeting, I got about four or five of them. We were all together, and I just, they were talking, da, 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 da. And so when I, they took a breath, because that's hard to do, uh, to get a word in with preachers. But, you know, when they took a breath, you know, I says, well, I know one thing. None of us are seeing big enough. They all looked at me. I just says, I just, God told me that nobody sees big enough. And it was about this quiet. <laughs> and I didn't have any big spiritual ookie spooky spirit. I just said, none of us see big enough. See big enough. None of us see big enough. When I was praying this week, Jesse, the Lord says, big things are going to be shown to you. In 2018. I'm glad you're here. I was looking around the first service and he wasn't here. And I go, well, Lord, I felt like that was him. He goes, it was for him. So you believe that. Kayla, you help him to see it. That's what a good team is. You know, sometimes my wife, oh my goodness, she helps me see things. I wouldn't be here today preaching if it wasn't for my wife. She's, you know, no, you were called to preach. But FedEx wasn't that bad. No, anyway. (laughs) To see things. God wants you and I to see things. 
and not just anything. Listen, the problem is you gotta make sure that when it's seen inside of you, it's easy if it's a month passes and you don't see it manifested. I mean, no, you, you can grow weary. But this is the thing. God himself knew that, so he just gave us a command. Be not weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. What does that mean? If you just say, oh, it didn't work or it's not good, you fainted, so you don't receive. You don't reap it. But if you don't give up, it gets manifested. That's all you have to do, not give up. You don't have to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. You don't have to, you know, give up, you know, watching the Broncos, although that wouldn't be a big sacrifice. But, I mean, you wouldn't have to do all these. I'm kidding a little. But anyway, I mean, you wouldn't, you know, God says just don't give up on the word that is placed inside of your heart. It will come to pass if you don't give up. And the great news is, he says, I've given you grace not to give up. It's called patience. All of us have patience. But if you've been spitting, I'm just not a patient person. You've been spitting that. Well, that's what you get manifested. But if you just start saying, I am the most patient person you have ever seen. And your spouse goes, excuse me, what have you done with my husband? Who are you and what have you done with my husband? No, you just keep confessing and you keep planning and you keep planning and you're not just going to plant what you feel, what your bank account says. Oh, honey, man, we're in the red now. You went and you bought a what? No, that's not what you, this is what you say. My God meets all of my need according to his riches and glory. I'm blessed coming and I'm blessed going. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm surrounded with blessings. I'm blessed. And you keep spitting that out and spitting that out and spitting that out. And when you get a bill and when the tow truck hooks up to your car to repossess it, you wave to it and go, I'm getting a better one. I'm glad you got that one off my property. The guy's going to look at you and go, you're weird. You go, nah. My wife told me that and I said, you're Mrs. Weird. We make a great couple. But it's weird not believing God. It's weird not believing him. So it's time the church, for the world to look at the church and say it's weird, but they're going to see the manifested blessings of God pouring out of your life, and they go, there's something to that. There's something to it. It's called him. Jesus has done it for you. He wants to do it through you so people can see it, him, all around you. God wants to make himself known in Pueblo. He wants to make himself known in your life, in your workplace, in your family. And he's not withholding. He just needs your cooperation. He just needs you and I to cooperate. Believe the word, put the word in us, and speak the word. Is that really difficult? There's really no effort in that. The effort is, is getting the word in you. Once the word is in you, then it's easier because you catch yourself, you know, instead of saying, oh, my back, oh, my healed back. I don't care if you're doing this. Oh, my healed back. Somebody goes, what's wrong? Oh, my back is, oh, I'm getting healed. Oh, there's healing all in my back. I know you can't see it, but it's all in there. Healing is all in there. People are going to go, you're weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next time I see you, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You want to go play some golf? 
Oh, I thought you're, what about your bad back? Uh, No, I don't have a bad back. I've got a healed back. Are you seeing this? You got to hang on to it though. If it doesn't manifest next month, just know that this is what I always say. Man, I was getting attacked during the holidays. We had all kinds of sickness going on in our family and I just said, I know one thing, the word is working. When you take a pill, you think it's working. Do you see it working? Do you feel it working? Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, it's, oh yeah, it's working now. You know what it is? You believe it is. Or you wouldn't have swallowed it. I'm taking this, but it ain't going to do any good. Well, how stupid is that? I'm going to take the, all these. I'm going to go spend $155 on a doctor, but I know it ain't going to do any good. You be stupid. No, you believe it's working. Even though you don't see it, don't feel it, you believe it's working. The word is much power. The Bible says God's word is medicine to all of your flesh. It works. So even if you don't feel it, don't see it, you go, it's working. The word of God is working in me. People, you said that last week, and I'm going to be saying it next week. And I'm going to be saying it next month. I'm going to be saying it next year. The word works. It never fails. Let's stand.